Hello and welcome to this episode of Your Best Self Podcast. I hope that you are all well and having lovely mornings, afternoons, evenings, whenever you're listening. So I'm just going to start off with a little story that I was hopefully going to cheer you up, although I was not feeling feeling very cheerful about half an hour ago. Um, so basically I was doing the solo bedtime tonight, which normally is a little bit stressful, but goes okay. Tonight, no, not so much. Olivia decided that it was playtime. She was all over the bed. She was like standing herself up and then letting herself fall down, thinking it was hilarious. And then, do you know what it was like to start with? It was quite funny. And then I was like, no, no. After about half an hour, I was like, no, this is not funny anymore. So long story short, I ended up getting two big scratches to the face. And then she did one of her like kamikaze dives onto the bed, but missed the bed and landed straight on my nose. So I thought she'd burst my nose. So ended up howling in the bed with Archie behind me, giving me a big kiss and a cuddle, asking if it was okay. Olivia laughing beside me, thinking this was the most hilarious thing in the world. So it was about, I was nearly two hours putting them down tonight. So it was so, so stressful. And I've came down here. All I want to do is face plan the bar of mini egg chocolate that I have in the fridge. Because yes, I do keep my chocolate in the fridge because that is the only place to keep chocolate and come at me if you disagree. Um, but I decided no, I'm not in the I'm not in the emotional frame of mind to start that bar of chocolate yet because if I start it right now, I know that I'm just going to finish it all. So I decided to come on and prep this podcast and I already feel so much better. But do you know what? I am human. Like I also want to emotionally eat and I always want to turn to food like it is usually one of my main go-tos and I do have to actively stop myself from doing it a lot of the time um so yeah I just thought I'd share that so if anybody's got any tips on bedtime like doing it yourself with a four-year-old and a one-year-old then please drop into my dms heather.moffit.fitness and give me some ideas because I don't know what to do but anyway, let's go on to the weekly Q&A for Project Your Best Self. And again, I have been reading through these check-ins with the biggest smile on my face. So we are coming up to the end of week four. Um, and yeah, I'm just super, super proud of absolutely everybody in the group. And that group itself, like the WhatsApp group, is literally like amazing. So supportive. Um everybody's sharing, everybody's encouraging, it's just, I love it, absolutely love it. So I'm going to share some wins first, then we'll move on to some struggles, and then I've got a couple of questions as well, so let's get cracking. So wins, Um, win number one, woke up rough as toast, Uh, you had my usual water and vitamins, walked the dog for an hour, and then had a high protein breakfast, even made a class. Um, and did not give up to in to my inner gremlin who wanted to lie and die and eat copious amounts of crisps. Like, what a legend. Like, I don't think that I could do this. Like, I think I would probably be giving in to my inner gremlin if I was rough as toast. But she didn't. She got up, she hit her non-negotiables and even made a CrossFit class, which is, like, well bloody done for getting, for doing that. And I think the thing about this is like, 
she knew that lying, eating crisps, although very tempting in the moment, like, yes, she would have got a bit of, um, uh, like, instant gratification from doing that, but it was not going to serve her better in the long run. And a question I love uh, in these situations where you do have like a really high, whether it's a hangover or like a really high emotional response, like what I did tonight to eat that bar of chocolate, a question I like to ask myself is how do I want to feel tomorrow? And that just allows me to, or allows you to pause, to think about the choice you're about to make and is it going to serve you in the future? So instant gratification like we live in a world where um, we can get anything like at the click of our fingers like amazon prime at your door the next day so when it comes to making these changes these lifelong lifestyle changes it is going to take a lot of um i was going to say motivation it's not motivation it's, it takes a lot of determination to stop in the moment when you really want that instant gratification from some, either if it's eating something or not do, doing your steps or not doing your workout, um, we it takes a lot to stop and be like, well, how do I actually want to feel tomorrow? But that's what you kind of have to do. Um, like each time you're kind of faced with one of these decisions and the more you do it, the more you will, it, the easier it gets and the more you're able to actually think about your future self and what is the best thing for her uh, in these situations. So yeah, well done. That is just actually amazing. Next one. I felt much better putting a swimming costume on yesterday. My daughter commented on the reduction of fat around my middle. I'm going to try not to be offended and take the compliment. <laughs> so kids are like brutal, 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 brutal. The honesty um, is like, yeah, it's, it can be harsh. But on the flip side, you know that they're telling you the truth. So absolutely take that compliment. But I think the most important thing is how confident you felt and how much better you felt putting on a swimming costume and that's testament to your hard work your dedication and your commitment um, and consistency on the plan and this person also put the most amazing picture of her and her husband um, in her checkup form which was just so so nice I had literally you could not have taken the smile off my face um when I seen it so if anybody else wants to pop like a little picture it doesn't have to be progress pictures it could be just a picture that you act that you took that you feel amazing yeah put them onto your check-ins because I absolutely love to see them. Uh, next one, the one I mentioned in the chat on Thursday about um, after my massage really surprised me. Nothing else has changed so I'm putting it down to drinking water. So this person like wrote in the WhatsApp chat uh, that she'd went for a massage and her therapist commented on how there wasn't as much tension in her back and her shoulders to break up. Um, so she's putting this down to like an increase in water intake, which it can be because that can break up the lactic acid in your, your muscles. And it's why sometimes if you've ever been for like a facial or a massage, like the therapist will usually tell you to increase your water intake that day. Um, and it's just because they are breaking up a lot of the lactic acid in your muscles and the water just helps um, like remove all the toxins. But, you know, I'm also going to surmise and... Um, also kind of put into the mix here that I think it could also be like a decrease in overall stress levels as well like potentially putting yourself first making these like lifestyle changes improvements in your health like that is all going to um, compound alongside increasing your water intake and it's you are going to see this or you have seen this and um, like the tension that you've been holding in your back and your shoulders which is great um, this person had also said that she's uh, eating out with confidence more and knowing the choices to make 
um, and being able to record them. But she's great. Like, I don't want you, I'm going to speak about this later, but I don't want you to fear eating out. I don't want you to fear or stop socialising. It's going to feel a little bit um, like getting used to actually tracking calories when you're out um, and the choices that you're making and getting a little bit curious and knowledgeable about the food that you remember picking before. Like, are they the best choices towards your fat loss goal? But the more you do it, the easier it is going to get. Uh, so, yeah, I, I think this is great that this person is starting to feel more confident eating out um, and it's not impacting her fat loss goals, which is, again, the most important thing. The scales were mentioned a few times this week, but actually what the what the comments have been was that people have noticed measurements and mo- noticed like their clothes feeling looser despite there not being a drop in the scales. So mindsets are starting to click um, and there is a scale podcast out. Um, I'm going to actually re- uh, release it once I finish recording this podcast, so you will have it already. Um, have a listen to that and I really hope that it's going to change your mindset if you are still a little bit caught up in the scales. But don't worry, like I have been there and it's why I don't mind. Like I am very happy to speak about the, scale, the scales every single week um, because I really do think that if you can get your head around the scales and desensitise your, yourself to them, not let that number get in your head, like your journey, your fat loss and your results are just going to be so, it's going to be easier and it's going to be a much more enjoyable process. Um, so I'm kind of going to go one slash struggle because this is the same person's win and struggle but I'm going to show how it is not really a struggle that it has been a win. Right, so bear with me, this is the win. Um, I've not been feeling very motivated this week but stayed in track so taking that as a win. Absolutely. And then the struggle was motivation has been a struggle this week. Not sure why, um, but I'm happy that I didn't give up and just carried on. If I can do it on the bad days, then the good days will be a breeze. So this person didn't feel very motivated, but this is what she did. She meal prepped. She did three workouts and she averaged 13k steps a day. So sometimes it it takes the check-in to make you realise actually of all like all the stuff that you have did and if you're filling in the daily log as well you can start to see averages you can maybe start to see where like if you as humans we have this really annoying thing that we actually focus on the negatives instead of focusing on the positives it's why gratitude really helps because it helps bring like helps bring the positives to like the forefront of your mind um but we we always think about the negatives first and um it's got a name, but it's completely, it's jumped out of my head. So for um, this person, like, she maybe felt like she wasn't that motivated, like, and she's thinking that that's actually been, like, a bit of a downside and a bit of a struggle, but actually when she's maybe done her check-in, she's like, oh, well, actually, like, I did actually meal prep and I got my three workouts in and I did 13k steps a day, like, it's been a good week, like, it's, like, it's, and what I hope as well is like it shows you that the secret is not motivation. Like that is not the secret to success. Because the thing about motivation is motivation comes after action. Like absolutely nobody feels motivated 24-7. And if they tell you that they are, they are fucking liar, liar, pants and fires. Um because if we wait for motiva- motivation to come and like smack us in the bum, we are never going to get anything done. So the secret is to take action especially 
on the days that you do not feel like doing it. See the days that you do not feel like doing it. See if you show up and stay consistent and do something. Even if you don't get like 13k steps, maybe you just got 8k steps that day, but that is better than sitting in your arse and only getting four. Like if you can commit to those days that you do not feel like it, well one, like this person's noticed, the good days are a breeze, but that is how you get results. And something that really motivates me, and it's probably going to show you how my thinking goes, but what I think about on these days I cannot be bothered because trust me, I get them. I am human like everybody else. Um, I tell myself that these are the days that the average person is going to give up and I am not the average person. You guys are not the average people because you have committed to this process. You have invested in your health. You are not the average person. So you do not give up on these days. You dig your heels in, you show up and you do something and that is the secret to success. Mic drop. Uh, right, so next struggle. Another busy weekend with social events. Although I'm definitely making wise choices when I'm out and about, I find it difficult to track. So, I kind of mentioned this before, like, but I encourage you all to go out and to socialise. Like, I want you to learn how to include these things in your life and still make progress because it can be done. And it's not the socialising that's the challenge here. It's probably, it's either your mindset, so you are maybe a perfectionist slash all or nothing, and you think that maybe if you can't stick to anything, then you might as well do nothing. <clears throat> Rewind a little bit and just listen to that motivation part again. Um, or it's potentially unrealistic expectations that you're thinking, I have six weeks here, I'm just going to hermit myself, I'm not going to go out and I'm just going to get like the best results I can in these six weeks and then after that six weeks over, I'm just going to go back to how I was doing before, I'm going to go out all the time, blah blah blah, blah. but that's unrealistic. So, it's you have to be okay, like if you have a busy social life, like that is amazing, you do not have to give that up, but you have to be okay with the fact that fat loss will be slower. Um. But remember, this is a lifestyle change, not a six-week shred. So when you're out, it's about making sensible choices. Like if you are out a couple of times a week, like you might have to say no to dessert. You might have to um, hold off on like the amount of alcohol you're having. You might have to take the car one of these nights. These are choices and you have to be okay with these choices because the empowering word here is choice. The second part of the struggle about finding it difficult to track I'm going to go on this as a question, so I'm going to go on and speak about this a bit later. Uh, next struggle is, um, I have been hungry this week. I think it must be hormonal as I started my last. <laughs> That's so funny. Um, however, I was trying to bank after my midweek indulgence and found it too hard to keep up. I was craving ca- uh, pasta, big style, like who else craves carbs when they aren't on their period, um, and ended up end up, I've treated myself, I've, oh my gosh, I can't speak now, end up, I'm just thinking about pasta, uh, I've treated this week more like a maintenance week, I've been a hungry hippo, and do you know what, like, so your period and the hormonal changes that comes with this, these are going to impact your hunger hormones, your cravings, your mood, um, so it's about, it's why I've, um, like, I get you to track your cycle so that you can anticipate these things coming. 
And I know some people are potentially menopausal or in perimenopause or some people are on like contraceptive. But even just tracking the like the symptoms of your period can help as well because you are still going to get some hormonal fluctuations. Um, and if you can foresee these coming, then we can have a little plan in place. Um, some people are going to respond to like the hormonal fluctuations in, in their period differently to others. And that's just life. Like We're all going to have like different um, responses. And also some cycles might be different as well. Something to note as well, which I didn't actually realise, was that when you start to make improvements to your health and like your lifestyle factors and stuff, like your eggs, um, like they mature. How how like oh my gosh, why can I not just why can I not think of how to describe this? So basically, like your eggs will mature like three months previous. So. What you might find is like maybe like in a couple of months down the line, like your period. So if you get quite a lot of symptoms of your period, potentially you get quite a lot of like um pain, tender breasts, headaches, even hunger. Like what you might find is that the longer you have these positive lifestyle changes, like that is going to impact like your the maturity of your eggs and because it's a biological process in your body and it's um so it it can start to improve symptoms but you're not going to notice that like after a month like you might notice it like three months down the line because the eggs that you are releasing now are from like two three months ago if that makes sense but that's something that I didn't actually realize like and I I know that sounds really silly when I when I actually think about it because of course what you eat and drink is going to have an impact on things like that um but I just didn't really uh, consider it and I do I have noticed a difference so about six weeks ago probably around about the time I went back to work, like, um, I noticed some differences in, like, my skin and, um, like, mood and things like that, and this is probably nothing to do with my period, the more I'm speaking about it, but I'm just going to chat anyway, um, uh, and it was down to lifestyle, like, I just wasn't taking care of myself, I was letting stress get on top of me, I wasn't making the best, um, food choices, but that all has an impact on, like, everything, like, how you show up and, like, your skin, etc, etc. So, potentially, like, I might notice, like, a little increase in um, symptoms in, a, like, maybe a month or two down the line. But this that was a really long-winded way of saying that making these changes in a couple of months, you might notice that your period symptoms might reduce. And it's another reason to continue on with the positive changes the helpful habits that you're all doing anyway so if you do suffer from quite a lot like like this same person like um hunger around your period um you have three choices okay so i'm going to tell you your three choices and this is going to empower you to make that choice and remember it is a choice it is nothing to feel guilt or shame about afterwards you have the information you make the choice and then you move on from that choice. So your three choices are, number one, you honour that hunger, like this person's did. You think, right, well, do you know what? Like, all I'm doing now is thinking about food. I'm thinking about that big plate of pasta. Um, 
and it just it becomes all-consuming and what usually happens when when you are all-consumed with food is you end up overeating and overindulging and then you feel guilt or shame so what you can do is for the week of your period if your hunger is insatiable as you increase your calories to maintenance and if you need your maintenance calories please get in touch and let me know Um, but you increase your calories to maintenance and you have a little bit more flexibility you have that big bowl of pasta you maybe have a little bit of chocolate, um, but you honour that hunger. And you just be okay with the fact that fat loss for that week um, has slowed. And that's okay. Like I said before, it's a lifestyle change, not a six-week six shred. Option number two is you just stick to your deficit calories. And you are okay with the fact that you are going to be a little bit more hungrier this week. Now, some people can do this, some people can't. I can't do this. Like, I get some weeks, uh, some months where my hunger is insatiable and I do need to come up to maintenance. Like, I'm not in a fatless face just now that when I was. And uh, there's other months where um, it is a little bit more manageable. But for me, I always have to increase my calories a little tiny bit um, during that week of my period. And for me, that's more so for cravings like just to have a little bit more flexibility with uh, the cravings that I get but for some people they can just they can rationalize this and they can be like well do you know what it's my period it's going to pass um in a few days I'm going to feel differently I'm just going to grin and bear it for the next like three four days and I'm going to be in a bigger deficit because what another thing to, to remember is that when you are on your period like that is an energy dense that you need the energy in your body to actually menstruate so your bmr your basal metabolic rate is going to increase slightly by research kind of shows somewhere between like 150 to 250 calories so that is option number three you can increase your deficit calories by about 100 100 to about 200 calories and that is just going to um like that's basically that that kind of buffer that having your period or your body um, menstruating is going to the extra energy it's going to be using but if like me and if like this person like that yes your BMR has increased by 150 to 200 calories but your hunger feels like 2000 calories then increasing by 150 to 200 calories like like realistically this is a chocolate bar like not even a full chocolate bar, or like you could have a Fredo, but I'm sorry if someone gives me a Fredo when I'm in my period, I'm telling them to fuck off. Like I need a full bar of chocolate. So again, it's up to you. Everybody's going to be different, but that are the, like those are your three choices uh, that you can do around about hunger on your period. So you know them, you have the information and you can now make an empowered choice next time you are on your lalas. <laughs> um, next, struggle. Uh, oh my gosh, I've actually totally lost where I am. Oh yes, here we are. Right, so from Thursday to the day, it all went to shit. Too much alcohol led to tiredness and slight hungoverness, which led to poor decisions about food. It's been my birthday. Happy birthday! Um, so various different social meetings with bubbles, wine, tasting menus, cake, etc. I love these things. So maybe I just accept that the few days around my birthday will have a few extra calories. So we've kind of spoke about this, like socialising or 
um, like having a lit, like some calories or extra calories, whether as your like your period or your birthday. Like, let's like zoom out. So your birthday happens once a year. So thinking big picture, like one week in the year is two percent of your year. So you don't have to feel guilty over this. But again, like I spoke about having like realistic expectations, like knowing that your fat loss might slow down this week. But if it's like the week of your birthday and you do have a lot of socialising, um, then maybe increasing your calories to maintenance so you have a little bit more flexibility. You can have that little bit more cake, bubbles, wine and enjoy your birthday week without feeling like you've let it go to shit. Because if you feel like you've let things go to shit, that is going to lead you feeling like guilt, it's going to lead to feeling shame, and it's potentially going to lead to you thinking, I've fucked it, I'm just going to overeat and I'm going to start again next week. Whereas if you make that conscious choice, that empowered choice to just increase your calories to maintenance for that week, you know the consequences of doing that. Don't really like the word consequences, like, but do you know what I mean? Like You know that, that the um, output, <laughs> I guess I shit word as well, um, might be that your fat loss stalls for that week, but that's okay because again, it is a lifestyle change. It is not a six week shred. How many times have I said that tonight? Um, so yeah, it's thinking about it, like zooming out and thinking big picture, but also knowing that you still want to hit your non-negotiables. You still want to have your protein intake in there. You still want to kind of try and get your workouts in your steps because these are healthful habits, and we want to still stay consistent with these even on like our birthday week so maybe the workouts go down maybe the step count goes down slightly but you still want to have it as a habit um because that's how these things build and that's what counts Uh, next struggle this week's lunches have been provided for me it's possibly more calories than i would plan for lunch so therefore my calories are also higher at night um so I just wanted to bring this up to highlight like if you're going to be in a similar situation to this person like and lunch is provided for you potentially maybe you're on a course for work or maybe like you're away somewhere and somebody's doing the cooking for you like if you think your calories are going to be higher than normal for like a lunch then you do have to make some adaptations for like at night or in the morning so like this person said that her calories were also high at night like I would have potentially changed that and try to reduce calories a little bit at night just to make sure that you were still in that deficit if you did have a higher calorie lunch or potentially making some like adaptations at morning if you do prefer to have a higher calorie meal at night like having a smaller breakfast and it doesn't have to be like drastically cutting um cutting things down it could be just like potentially reducing a portion of like starchy carbs increasing the veg in your plate um or if you were having a snack in there as well removing that snack or maybe having like a smaller portion of cereal in the morning if that's what you're having or just one slice of toast um but I think if you are in that situation like and you do know that calories are going to be a little bit higher at your lunch and it's something that's not within your control then you do have to look at the meals you do have you do have control of and just make some adaptations there um a couple more struggles so one of my struggles this week has been recording food um more having the time to record and just grabbing my food and eating but there's also a positive in there love a little reframe um as i'm getting to know the macros of the meals i eat regularly and know they fit within my goals so i think that's the thing like the more you track the easier it becomes um because you can just copy and paste day to day you can know roughly what you're eating if you're having the same breakfast and lunches um then you know the roughly what the calories are in that and then 
that you have the flexibility for dinner time to um like to try some different things because that's usually what people like to do they like to be well myself like as well I like to be quite structured morning and afternoon snacks and I like to have a little bit of flexibility and kind of mix things up at dinner time as well um the thing I did think uh, that I did comment on with this person is if it if they th- if you think it's a time management struggle like so they were just thinking they had said about um having the time to record uh, and just grabbing food and eating it so if you are struggling so if you're th- if you're somebody who's tracking but you're doing it retrospectively at the end of the day then you need to kind of start to build that into your routine so that's either in the morning of or the night before because if you're retrospectively trying to track you're always going to forget some stuff and that's just that's not like me having a dig at anybody because it's just something that we're all human um, and we would all do that we would all think forget about maybe like a little bite we had off our kids play or the biscuit we had along with our tea blah 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 and it just those things like minuscule um, themselves will just build or compound over like a day a week etc um so I just think like getting into the habit of doing it like either the morning of or the night before, even stacking it on. I've spoken about this before, but stacking it on to an already established habit, whether that is um like I was gonna say part of your evening routine. Like I prefer you not to be on your phone in your evening routine, but if that is that if that is how you're gonna track your food, then maybe it's the first part of your evening routine and then you put your phone down and then you do your skincare, etc. Or the morning, like if you have a little bit of time in the morning, having a cup of tea, um, just to kind of start your day, then that's when you track your food. And you don't have to stick to it religiously. Like if something crops up, you're going to have the flexibility. But it will take a little bit of the stress away of like constantly thinking, what have I eaten? Or what have I ate? Or I need to remember and track that. Because if you've constantly got like these open tabs up in your head, we can't fully be present with other things if we're constantly thinking about all, all the little things we need to track, what we need to do. Whereas if it's in there, then you know that it's done and it's just one thing less to think about and you're already a busy day. Especially if it's a time management thing and you're busy. Like, get it in and get it, like, copy and paste. Use all the features that you can to make it easier, barcodes, etc. And once it's in, it's out of your head. It's ticked away. You don't have to worry about it. And I really do think that that is going to take a lot of the stress away from it. Um, This is the last struggle, I think. So moving has probably been my biggest struggle in terms of my weight loss journey. I have barely exercised. I genuinely have struggled for time. It's been unbearable. So this person has has had a really, really, really busy four weeks. Um, And I think that it's important to remember that your journey is your journey and it's not going to look the same as somebody else's and if you do have a really busy schedule it's 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 going to have to be that you commit to smaller more manageable goals to begin with and we meet you where you are okay so for some people like for one person that might be one workout to start with or it might just be a step goal okay this person i've just taking workouts off the table at the minute and I want her just to commit to a step target initially. And then we'll build on that. And remember, Rome wasn't built in a day. Like We are all going to have different starting points. We're going to have different goals. We're going to have different comfort zones. And I want to be able to stretch you out of your comfort zone. If you haven't listened to the podcast, the CBT podcast with Angie that I recorded, we speak about this. And go and listen to it because there was some, an ama- like some amazing tips in there. Um, but 
your comfort zone is going to look different from somebody else's and she talks about like your comfort zone and your challenge zone and you're not going to make changes if you stick to your comfort zone like we need to get you out of your comfort zone and into your challenge zone but that challenge zone is going to look very different for some people some people's challenge zone is maybe doing three workouts a week somebody else's challenge zone is committing to a step goal somebody else's challenge zone is reducing workouts somebody else's challenge zone is the scales etc like everyone's going to have different uh, challenge zones so we this is why like yes we have the same habits in the group but everybody's targets are different and it's important as well just not to compare your your journey to other people's because it's all it's always going to look different um let's go on to the questions so first question was um this week i've not been to the gym at all uh, so does that impact my calories and this is a really good question and it's something that I know a lot of people will probably think like if they have a week off the gym or if they are potentially injured or ill should I drop my calories and no so your exercise your gym workouts they do not burn as many calories as you think they do not burn as many calories as your watch is probably telling you especially if you're lifting weights like however this does not mean that we do not need to include them. If you are thinking, well, what's the point in exercising if I'm not burning that many calories? Like, stop thinking about exercise just as a way of burning as many calories as you can. Like, because the minute you do this and you flip that to exercising for your health, exercising for enjoyment and actually what you like to do then you are going to enjoy it all the more and probably get better results doing it because you're not going to be stressed out about not being able to go to the gym or you're not going to be you're not going to have to you won't feel or you won't feel like you're relying on motivation um to just go and work out because if you're doing it because you actually enjoy doing it and you enjoy like moving your body and how you feel afterwards um, then you are not going to need the same amount of like motivation to actually do it. And it's going to improve your relationship, like yes, with exercise, but also with yourself and your body as well, I will guarantee. Like for me, I used to spend like looking back now, I just think, what the fuck were you doing? I used to spend about 40 minutes in the treadmill. And then I would go and do two um, like exercise classes. I think it was like body attack and body combat. And wonder like and think to myself, right, well, my watch just told me I've burned X amount of calories. So and then I would go home and eat whatever my watch told me that I'd said I'd eaten. Uh, and I was miserable. Like I would do that every night, like get myself all stressed out if I couldn't do it. Um not really socialise, not really see my friends. Like I was just in a really unhelpful place when it came to exercise and the minute I stopped viewing exercise as a way of burning calories and started moving my body in a way that I loved hashtag weights um I got better results like I started to appreciate my body I started to feel more confident in my body um and that was the big change for me um so I don't I want you to stop thinking about exercise as just a way of burning calories and that is because so what so if you think about um 
the energy equation. So energy in is like everything you eat and drink. Energy out is a little bit more complicated. So I spoke about our, your BMR earlier, but your basal metabolic rate. And that is basically like your couch potato calories. So how many calories your body needs just to survive. So if you were lying on the couch all day, not moving at all, what, how many calories does your body need um, to to function and that's like your brain function your digestive system your menstruation menstruation system your menstrual cycle everything um that is like that's your bmr and that's 70 percent of that energy out equation the next part is actually your need so that's your non-exercise activity thermogenesis and that's 15 percent so that is things like your steps that is things like um, taking the stairs instead of the, the lift at work, gardening, housework, like how active you are, how little, like, so it's about spending less time sitting and more time moving. That makes up 15% of your total energy. And the next part is like um, you the thermic effect of feeding, which is 10%. So that is just that your like protein, so digesting protein, actually um, you, your body needs more energy to do that than fats and carbs. So it's another reason why increasing your protein intake um, is helpful for weight loss and also weight management. Um, but the last thing is exercise, and exercise is only 5% of that equation. So actually how much you move about through the day is going to have a much bigger impact on fat loss than exercise alone. Now obviously we've spoken about exercise before, like exercise is so beneficial for your health, um, like building muscle is going to improve your health, losing fat is going to improve your health, doing them both together so losing fat and building muscle is going to have so many health benefits um but when it comes to impacting like how many calories you need walking is going to have or how active you are how how like the proportion of time you're spending sitting versus starting standing like that's going to have a much impact much bigger impact on your calories and how many workouts you do and this person i know isn't planning on dropping her steps so calories will stay the same like if your steps are potentially going to be dropping right the way down then yes they might have to make some adaptations but they're not so do not worry about the fact that you can't go to the gym this week okay she also has an injury as well so again your body needs to recover so that's why dropping your calories drastically is not going to help your body recover like efficiently. Uh, so focusing on like getting your calories to where like to where they are just now, like you're still in a deficit, and protein as well because that's going to help recovery. But you do not have to drop your calories because you're not going to be at the gym. So hopefully that means that it's like there's some light bulbs going off and everybody's feeling a little bit better about um, exercising. Uh, next question was how do we know what calories we burn in a day? And the honest answer to this is you will never know accurately. Uh, and that is like down to a few things. So well, one, it's fucking expensive to actually know. Like you would have to go into a lab, you would have to like get the gas thing and you'd have to stand in a treadmill, blah, blah, blah. Like, and nobody's doing that and you don't need to. Um, And also thinking about like your day-to-day, like how different your days look and your, like how much, um, how active you are, blah, blah, blah. Like I know since going back to work, like even if I'm just looking at my steps, like it's been interesting because I thought that I was in a really active job. But see, going back to work, like I have to go out for two walks a day and my steps when I go home are still less than having, than a day with the kids like 
significantly less. So day to day, you and then what I spoke about before, like with how much energy you're using, like through like that neat, like day to day is going to be very different. So you're never going to know how many calories you burn in a day, and you don't need to. Like we are looking at averages across your week, and what you do is you get a starting point. So I've all, I've given everybody a starting point, um, and then all we need to do is is make um adaptations from here and it's it's an educated guess so here's a formula uh, that i use for clients um to calculate both their maintenance calories and their deficit calories so i would take your body weight in kilograms and i would multiply that by 22 if you're female 24 if you're male um and then that gives you your roughly your estimated bmr so that's how many calories you would need just to survive we then would multiply that, that by your physical activity level. So that's how active you are, what kind of job you've got, how many steps you do in a day. Um, that's that's the number that I would multiply. So if you're looking at somebody who's got a kind of sedentary desk job, doesn't get a lot of steps, maybe like five, six thousand a, a day, that's getting multiplied by like 1.1, 1.2. Versus somebody who maybe does like 20,000 steps a day, has got a pretty manual active job, you're probably up at 1.6. 1.7 and I'm just going to do the math on that quickly so you can see the impact that having a little bit more of an active lifestyle can have on your calories. So if you take a 75 kilogram female and you her basal metabolic rate is going to be 1650 calories per day. So if you multiply that somebody who's got quite like a sedentary job and only does like one point no only does like 5,000 steps a day like I'm going to multiply that by 1.1 and her maintenance calories are now like 1815 okay so if i do the same equation with somebody who has a very active job maybe does like 15,000 20,000 steps a day like i'm going to multiply that by probably about 1.5 1.6 let's just go for 1.6 for talking sake their maintenance calories are 2640 so that is a difference of around about 840 calories a day so you can see like so if you are somebody who's struggling to stick to your deficit calories, but you're only like if you're only getting five thousand steps a day, even just increasing your steps to like seven, eight, nine, ten, is going to have an impact on your fat loss. Um, I feel like I've went on a little bit of a tangent there, have I? Not really. Um, so yeah, it's always going to be an educated guess. So if you want to know how many calories you burn in a day, well, you're never going to know, like, but. You can make your educated guess and then depending on your goal, if your goal is maintenance, then you would stick to your maintenance calories. If not, like I would, usually with clients, like I would put them on about a 20% deficit. Um, so you would multiply like your maintenance number by 0.8 and then that would get you your deficit calories. And what you need to do from here is um, try and track these consistently for two to three weeks if you have, if you are seeing changes, um, if the scales are trending down, if you're seeing changes in your measurements, in your, um, your clothes, your um, progress pictures, then it's working. And you keep doing that until you potentially hit a little plateau. Maybe you need to drop your calories down more or maybe you need to increase your steps a little bit more, etc, um, etc. Et so we're never going to know. We just have to make educated guesses and, and then adapt from there. Um, last question guys 
well done if you have made it to here. Um, so how do you calculate things when you have to eat out? So like I said before, it's always going to be an estimate. Like you're never going to know for sure. Um, and that is because even when you get stuff from the supermarket, like the law in the UK is that labels can be 20% either way. Like that's their kind of, they have like a... Um, like fails, I don't know what, what I'm trying to say, like basically like they can be 20% out either way and still be legal, like you can still put them out on the supermarket. So if you've got a 500 calorie bread meal, like that is the calories and that are either going to be 400 or 600, they're going to be between there. Um, so you're never really going to know for sure. And the thing about this, this isn't a reason to think, oh, fuck it, if I can't, if I can't track accurately, then do you know what, I'm just going to track nothing, I'm going to eat whatever I want, um, and then I'll, tra- I'll start tracking again tomorrow. Like, I have been this soldier too, uh, with the all or nothing perfectionist mindset, thinking, like, oh, do you know what, I, I can't track accurately, I don't know how to track accurately, it's too hard to do it, so I'm just going to have a wee night off on tracking, I'm going to eat whatever the fuck I want, and I'll worry about it tomorrow. Like, all you do is you just make educated and informed um, choices or it's not even really a choice you make an educated and informed like um, decision when you are tracking that meal and then you like you move on from that so here's some things that I would do like to calculate things that you have when you're eating out so if you if you go into a restaurant that has the calories available um, like most chain restaurants now actually do have their calories on a menu either in the restaurant or online have a wee look and look them up like if not like if you're going somewhere that had that you're maybe going to like an Italian or somewhere where you're having like a pasta dish then I would google that dish potentially look for a chain restaurant like Prezzo or um DiMaggio's I think that's a chain one um and see what the calories in there are for that dish that same dish they're going to be similar there's not going to be that much of a of a difference in them And again, that's an educated and informed um, choice. If you're going to try and input all the ingredients separately, then I would also be mindful of like things like oil and butter because restaurants are always going to add more of these when they're cooking. So I would add like a tablespoon of oil or a tablespoon of butter when you are um, inputting the ingredients. So if if it's like a tomatoey pasta dish, don't just um like a chicken tomato pasta dish don't just add like the pasta or the chicken like the chicken in a tomato sauce without adding any sort of oil or butter onto that as well because the restaurants are going to use this and they use it like if you've ever watched a cooking program the amount of butter and oil they use is like that's what you're probably what you're going to find is happening in the restaurant and as well another little tip is when you are if your goal is to lose body fat always overestimate so don't be searching something um, like, don't know, tray bake or like a croissant and you have a range of calories for that particular, like let's just say a croissant, you have a range of calories of 100 to 500 for that particular food and you think I'm going to play the game, I'm going to play the tracking game here and I'm going to pick the 100 calorie one. Like I would be going something around the middle slash upper end and overestimating the calories in that because that just gives you a bit more of a buffer when you want to be creating a deficit. So those are my tips. I hope that they help. Um, Thank you so much for making it this far, for listening and for all your questions. 
If you would like to get in touch, if you want to join the next intake, we are starting on the 19th of June, or if you know anybody that's interested, then drop me a message, heather.moffat.fitness, or a message on WhatsApp, and I can give you the details. There's a little early bird offer there too, as well, which I can give you some information on. But if not, I hope you all have lovely, lovely days, and I will chat to you all on the next episode.